0: COVID-19 has shown it's time to rethink public toilets and with design innovation, hygiene could be greatly improved. Public health experts, designers and architects say the COVID-19 pandemic has exposed fundamental flaws in the design of public loos that risk spreading a second wave of coronavirus and possibly even new pandemics. Sarah Bookman is a Wellington-based architectural graduate who investigated the political and cultural implications of public toilets in her thesis for Auckland University. She believes there are inherent design issues with the hygiene of these facilities that can no longer be neglected. From Studio Pacific Architecture, Sarah Bookman joins me now. Good morning to you. Morena, Kerry. Morena. Um, I thought the loos were getting um, more automated. Certainly the public loos in my area are. You don't even need to shut the door. They close automatically. They flush for you. Aren't we becoming better at designing hygienic public facilities?
1: I'd say so. I'd say so. And definitely since my um, thesis as well, I've been seeing... um, a lot of innovation in public toilet design. But I think also just getting more and more of them out there and, and addressing more and more of the population is, is the issue as well.
0: Right. And, and would we see that in the home as well, more automation?
1: Uh, I wonder. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wonder as well. I wonder in sharing those spaces as well. I think we've become acutely aware of how, how much we really share in terms of what we touch in all around the home yeah. and especially the workplaces as well.
0: Interestingly, when it comes to housekeeping surveys, the toilets aren't the dirtiest because people take special care there, I guess. It's the mobile phones and things that tend to have the most germs on them.
1: I've thought that too sometimes, really. I mean, I I look at my phone and I think, is this this what's causing it? (laughs) I mean, it's quite poetic, really. But I do think uh, perhaps in your own home, you become more aware of Maybe it's not the most unhygienic place because it's your own home and you have a sense of responsibility for it. And and especially in, in these times, we are taking care of our home because it's the thing that we have the most control over. It's different when you enter the public realm. It's different how you treat public space. And that that's definitely exemplified in how people treat those spaces and, and how they look and feel and, and, and what they're like.
0: I suppose it doesn't hurt to have a rethink every now and then. If a, if the pandemic is a catalyst to say, can we do things better and more hygienically?
1: Yeah, I think I think the I, I think the pandemic has really just given everyone that they that it gives them an opportunity to think about everything around them and think, is this the most sustainable option on how we're treating the space, on our habits. On our hygiene, on our routine—is this the best way that we could be doing this? And I think there's a there's an opportunity here for, for more innovation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what would an idea, ideally, what would a hygienic home look like? Oh,
1: a hygienic home. Yes. I mean, I, lo- I looked a lot into the public realm, and I yeah. feel like when people are in their home, they they gain that they, they have. They have more control over their space, so I suppose just cleaning more, and yeah. I suppose those things are, are far more within within your control. So it's so it's so it's up to the individual. But a hygienic home is just one that's cleaned. Yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah.
0: What about the public space then? How how would that look?
1: I've been thinking about this a lot, um, and I'm really taken to the quite jarring, but but the images of Venice and seeing those people in their suits and cleaning. And even though that that's quite dramatic, but seeing people in the city that are responsible for cleaning more, seeing attendance around more and having that presence that, that we can see of, of places being actively cleaned is one thing. And then also the innovation as well of the self-cleaning spaces too. Yeah. I think the presence of taps, and basins um, as a part of public amenity not necessarily just within the public toilet itself but also around the city I don't think would hurt and you can bring that in with different public amenity too you can have taps along with um, you know on the other side of water fountains so it's an opportunity to really service the public in many ways.
0: Yes I mean I when when you do travel in Europe, the, the loos generally are very, very clean because of those people who clean them out the moment you've used them. In Hong Kong, it's the same. And I suppose they're aware of the risks of transmitting any kind of disease. So the moment you go into a loo, when you come out, everything's cleaned. The handles, the taps, the lot.
1: Hmm. I think that's really great and I think there should be more and more of that and I think people need to become more aware that that technology exists because at the moment a lot of us are pawning off these this responsibility to restaurants and I just don't think it's fair for them to absorb not only that cost but that responsibility to constantly be maintaining their bathrooms in an already very, very stressed industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do think that the... Um, The automation of public facilities, we're going to see a lot more of that.
1: Yes, I agree. And um, I think the idea that that automation, that you can hear it, that you can feel it, that when you leave the space or before entering, you can hear that cleaning process happening is a really great reminder and a really significant design feature in having that sense of ease. Um, that you know that you're entering a clean space and that you have the responsibility also to be clean within that space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nice to talk with you, Sarah. The public toilets have had an interesting (laughs) space (laughs) in in history, haven't they? Because there's also, you know, the gay culture, which had to congregate in public loos for a while before it was legal.
1: Yes, I mean, when I entered this research, I just didn't realise how... How loaded it was, and how there is so much history. I mean, there's so much history with women in the public toilet. I mean, in Auckland, it took seventy years for public toilets to be introduced for um, women. In the public grounds for women, yes, before men. Uh, <laughs> Afternoon, sorry. And and I think just the gesture in itself just shows who's included in public space, <laughs> who's considered. I mean, there were ones in Smith and Coes. There were ones in train stations, but there weren't. There wasn't that presence. And I think the public toilets really have the power to show who is included. They're a really significant gesture.
0: Well, until all the rugby stadiums around the country were rebuilt, there are about three toilets for, to cater for women who were watching an All Blacks match. And, <laughs> and the same is and, true at, the, at art houses. You know, they just, the, the queues stretch for miles.
1: Yes, and, and it just shows, it, it, it's a general, it's a general way of showing of, uh, is who who is included and you know what COVID has really reminded us is that if you don't include 100% of your population in design, um, you know it's susceptible for really bad things to happen and um, it's, a, it's an opportunity to be more inclusive in our design.
0: Excellent, lovely to talk with you, thank you very much Sarah so Bookman. You too. Uh, yes. Sarah Bookman from Studio Pacific Architecture Um, talking about how design will change as a result of the pandemic.